Well, today I just want to talk to you about a mess in progress. A mess in progress. And I can't talk to you about a mess without telling you about my almost 11-month-old son, MJ. His name is a lot like mine. Mine's RJ. He's MJ. His name is spelled out E-M-J-A-Y. And it's he and my, me and my wife. It's our first child. Very first child. So we're kind of learning along the way, figuring this thing out. And uh, it can be a mess. It can be crazy. But I, I do have a picture I want to show you of my family, my wife, and my son. So there they are. Right? You look at that and you're just like, oh, look at him. He's maybe a few months old and he's already smiling. This was before he could walk, <laughs> before he could crawl. So I have a little more recent picture. So here that one is. Check this one out. Oh, yes. That's more like it. That is my son right there. Where he goes, a mess follows. In fact, from the day he was born, he was making a mess. The first thing he did when he was born was he just went to the bathroom everywhere. I'm talking all over the doctor, all over the nurses, all over the floor. It was like he'd been waiting nine months for this moment, and he was just like, let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. <laughs> You're not going to listen to that song the same after this one, but... Uh but it was like this moment, like I was this new father and I'm watching this happen and I'm like, oh my goodness, what? He's a boy. <laughs> it's a boy. That's my boy making a mess day one. Like it's incredible and I love it. I love my son and he's daddy's little man and so it was just awesome and he is, he's all boy. He's all boy. His very first word was dada. Melted my heart, dada. And his second word was <laughs> So I'm just like, hey, that's. He's a boy. <laughs> He's a boy. He's mine. And so it's crazy, though, because we went from a life of doing what we wanted, when we wanted, to now you have to have a life that revolves around this tiny human being that doesn't do anything but eat and sleep and poop and spit up and keep you up all night long and create a mess everywhere that he goes. It's crazy. It's messy. It's stinky. <laughs> there are times it looks like Toys R Us came over to our house, got sick, and threw up everywhere. Like, like, I'm not even lying. My son will go into the corner, and he'll create such a mess with books and Legos and all these things that he gets stuck in his own mess, and he'll just cry until you take him out. Like, he gets stuck there. Somebody here today is like, uh, I can relate. <laughs> just getting stuck in my mess. But, uh, but there's literally times that this happens, and, and no one can tell you. No one can prepare you really for what it's going to be like having a child. They can tell you, get your rest now. But no one can prepare you for how completely exhausting it's going to be. Uh, about a month ago or so, I'm, I'm watching my son. I'm watching MJ, and he's crawling around in our room, and I'm sitting on the bed exhausted. I am wore out. I just want to lay in the bed and go to sleep. But I'm sitting here, and I'm watching him, and he's crawling. He's exploring, and he crawls over to our dog kennel. He sticks his hand in there and grabs a piece of dog food. And I see him do this. I know exactly what he's thinking because my son has yet to find a food that he doesn't eat. He loves it. He loves eating. He's like his daddy. Like, people look at my son, and they look at MJ, and they're like, oh, he's a healthy one. <laughs> what they really mean is your boy is fat. <laughs> that is a big boy. But he is. He loves eating. He's like his daddy. He eats like me. And I moved down to Oklahoma City, and I started putting on weight. And I'm like, what's going on? But as I'm looking around, I see the barbecue, and I see the Chinese food and the Mexican food. And I learned about sushi. I got all these food, and it's like my mind keeps telling me no. <laughs> but my belly <laughs> telling me yes. <laughs> so my son was in this moment. 
His belly was telling him yes, and I knew it. And like I'm like, I should go over there and do something, but I'm exhausted. I don't feel like moving. So I do the next best thing, and I yell, MJ, don't you eat that. And he looks at me like he's saying, you better just come over here and stop me. Home. And he puts it directly in his mouth, and I'm like, wow, I should really go do something. <laughs> but I, I was so tired. I'm like, ah, you know what? I get a little curious. Then I'm like, is he really going to eat this dog food? Is this the kind of son that I have? And I'm watching him, and thankfully, a few seconds later, he spits it out and puts it back down and crawls away. And I feel a little bit better about myself. I'm like, that's right, MJ. Hope you learned your lesson. Listen to daddy. You always listen to daddy. Daddy knows best. And so he's crawling around, and a little while later, I go and I pick up MJ. And as I pick him up, I look down at this piece of dog food that he had just stuck in his mouth. And I realized that wasn't dog food, it was dog poo. Really? Poo? Like, is this the kind of dad that I'm gonna be? The kind of dad that just sits there and watches his son put poo in his mouth. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. It was a, a moment. I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow. I'm like, I got sick to my stomach and I didn't know. Do I call poison control? What do I do? Does my son now have a disease? Why? And how do you tell your wife this? Right? Kayla? Let me tell you what your boy just did. He doesn't get this from me. I don't know where he gets this from. But it was crazy. I was exhausted. I was overwhelmed. It was a moment where I looked and I thought, I might be in over my head just a little bit. But the truth is, these moments happen in life, don't they? These moments come where things get a little messy, a little stinky, a little out of our control. A moment where we just can look around at the mess and think, wow, this is overwhelming. See, maybe you're here and your life seems like a mess and you're struggling to keep the lights on. You're struggling to pay the bills or your marriage is, is a mess and you're on the verge of just walking out and leaving everything behind. And like you're at this messy, crazy situation in life and you're wondering, what do I do next? These are the moments that we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about the mess. Let's talk about the crazy. Let's talk about these stinky moments because you know what I realized from those moments with my, my son, MJ? Without my son there would be no mess. Without the baby, it wouldn't be so crazy. So now I'm looking at the mess a little bit different. I'm learning to thank God for the mess. God, thank you for the mess. Lord, thank you for the crazy. God, thank you that I'm up again at 3 a.m. for the third time this week. God, thank you that my house can just be a disaster at times because I have a little boy that's crawling and learning and developing and exploring. God, I'm not just looking at the mess anymore, but I see that there's a meaning behind the mess. There's a message in the mess. I think someone today is here and you're looking at your life and all you can see is a mess. All you can see is times that you've messed up and made mistakes and you're looking around thinking, man, I'm stuck in this mess. I don't know what to do. I think today God is going to change your perspective a little bit and say, no, don't, no, don't, don't just look at the mess. It's not just a mess. There's a meaning. There's a message behind the mess that you're going through. Uh, it's like my dad. Uh, my dad growing up, he let us slip and slide one time. One time, see, he, was, he had a meticulous uh, yard. It was green. It was beautiful. He spent lots of time on it. But he let us slip and slide one time, and we created such a muddy mess. And we pulled up the tarp. There left a big dead spot of grass. So he said, never again. Never again. You're not slip and sliding ever again. You create a big muddy mess, and you're going to kill the grass. And we begged him and begged him, Dad, please, just let us slip and slide. But he didn't. 
And it's interesting because last year as we're getting ready for our first child, I asked my dad, I said, Dad, what's something that you would do differently as a parent? You know what he said? I wish I would have let you kids slip and slide. I wish I would have let you slip and slide. And I was like, what? (laughs) Slip and slide? He said, I wish I would have let you make a mess. I wish I would have let you kill the grass. Because now you kids are all gone and the grass is all clean and the yard looks really nice. But I was so worried about the mess that I missed out on what came with the mess, which was time with my kids. Man, and there was almost a tear in his eyes. He's telling me this and he's saying like what I wouldn't give to go back and have one big muddy mess on the slip and slide with my kids. You know, I wonder if today some of us need to change our perspective on a mess that we're going through. Change our perspective just a little bit because you might be here. Your life is all sorts of 50 shades of cray and your life, your situation, your finances, your marriage, your relationships are a big, muddy mess. And as you look around, all you can see is this mess. And you're so focused on that that God's saying, wait, 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 stop, stop. See, it's not just a mess. No, hold up. You're not. It's not just a mess. It's progress. It's progress. So I want to look at God's word at a man who had a crazy, muddy, messy encounter with Jesus. And I want to see how it impacts us today. And we're going to look at two things to remember when life gets messy. Two things to remember when life gets messy. So here's the story. John chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. Or starting in verse 1, I'm sorry. And it says, walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? They say, Jesus, who made this mess? This man or his parents, causing him to be born blind. And Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. And I love this because Jesus says, neither. Listen, life happens. Crazy happens. And I love it because Jesus isn't interested in helping us understand the mess. He wants to fix it. And so he goes on and he says, there's no such cause and effect here. Look instead. Look a little bit differently at the situation. Look instead for what God can do. Look instead. See what Jesus is doing? He's changing his disciples' perspective the same way that he's changing our perspective today. See, the disciples looked at this man, and all they could see was a problem. Jesus looked at this man, and he saw a person with a need. Come on, I could preach right there. I could say, do you see people or do you see problems? (laughs) But I won't. But Jesus, see, he has this thing of looking at this way of looking of things different. See, where we look and we see failure, God looks and sees opportunity. Where we look and we see a mess, God looks and he says, "Woo, that's progress. That's progress. So I just want to finish up the story, verse 6 and 7. It says, then he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva. Jesus made a mess. <laughs> Spread the mud all over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. I just want to talk to you for the next few moments about this crazy, messy Mud pie miracle. And we're going to look at two things to remember when life gets messy. Number one, the first thing to remember is embrace the process of progress. Embrace the process of progress. Uh, You know what's interesting to me about this story? Is this man had an encounter with Jesus, and it's almost like he left Jesus worse off than when he met him. Right? Because he left Jesus, and not only was he still blind, now he had mud on his face. I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, he seems worse off. Like, put yourself in this guy's shoes. Put yourself in this guy's, guy's story and his situation. So you're blind. Life is a mess. You can't see anything, but you can hear. You can hear what people say about you when they walk by on the street. 
You can hear your entire life as people look at your situation and say, what a mess. What did he do? What did his parents do that he deserved to be born blind? Wow, what a messed up, messy situation. I thank God I'm not him. Like he's been hearing this his entire life. And he's, I bet he's also heard about Jesus because Jesus, he's very well known. I bet he's heard stories about like people like blind Bartimaeus that Jesus said the word and blind eyes were opened in an instant. And I bet he's heard about this and somewhere along the line, here he is, Jesus is standing right in front of him. Like, wow, in the middle of my mess, listen, I'm blind, things are crazy, but now Jesus is here right in front of me? What would you expect to hear next if you're this blind guy? If it was me, I would expect to hear, be healed in my name. Open your eyes, my son. Like, I would expect something like that. But here's the next sound that this blind man hears. Right? Like, uh, that's weird. That's a little crazy. You know what? Maybe he's just clearing his throat. Maybe he's just like warming up his voice to speak the word of healing. Here it comes any moment. And then all of a sudden, like something wet hits you in the face. Hold up. What was that? Hey. Jesus, you're making a mess. You're making things worse. What are you doing? And then Jesus says, go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. I would think, I wouldn't have to go wash myself in the pool of Siloam if you didn't just put mud on my face. Lucky I can't see you right now, Jesus. Like, I would be thinking these things. I would be thinking these things. It's crazy. And part of it, the reason it's so crazy to me is because Jesus didn't give him the end result. Jesus didn't say, go wash in the pool of Siloam and you'll be healed. He just said, go wash. I want you to catch this. He didn't give him the end result, but you know what he did give him? He gave him the next step. He gave him the next step. See, sometimes when God gets involved, things can change miraculously and instantaneously, but most of the time, it's a process. Most of the time, it's going to take a little while, and usually there's some mud involved. Things can get a little bit messy. It's not always a pretty process, but I want you to take heart today because just because the things get a little messy, a little crazy, that doesn't mean God's not working. That doesn't mean that he doesn't care about you. That doesn't mean that he's not there, that he's forgotten about you. There's a meaning behind the mess. In fact, you can't have progress without mess. You can't have progress without mess. I spent a summer when I was in college in Philadelphia, and I showed up, and I was planning on going there and helping just rebuild this church, and I had this vision. When I get there, we're going to build this church, and people are going to come, and they're going to give their lives to Christ, and it's going to be incredible, and so I had this dream that this is going to take a few months. It was actually going to take a few years, and the reason it was going to take so long is because they couldn't put the new walls up until some old walls came down. So we get there, we start tearing down some old walls, we start taking apart some stairs and some steps, and we just make a big, huge mess. We walked in there every single day, and we tried to clean up the mess. Little by little, we're, we're grabbing things, we're filling up the dumpster every day, and it felt like we weren't making a difference, like there was no progress whatsoever. But then the pastor comes. The pastor comes, the pastor looks around, see, the pastor knew the final plans. The pastor knew where these new walls were going to be, and these new walls couldn't be there where the old walls were still standing. And so where I went, and I looked around, and all I could see was a mess, the pastor looked around, and he said, guys, do you see it? That's progress. We're getting there. We're getting there. See, I wonder if today some of us are looking at our situation through the wrong lens, and we're calling something a mess that God calls progress. You know what, just turn to a neighbor, turn to a neighbor, turn to someone nearby and tell them, you're a mess. Oh, come on, online, our campuses, turn to someone, tell them again, tell them, you're a mess. 
No, no, you're not. You're not. Like, what did you do to church? Oh, I'm a mess. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not a mess. You're not. You're in progress. You're in progress. And see, the, pro- the mess is just part of the process that brings about progress. Listen, I'm, not, I'm sure it's messy. I'm sure it's crazy. And that's okay. That's part of it. But here's what's cool is nothing has to change for it to be progress except the way that you look at it. Look instead for what God can do. Don't let the mud blind you from taking another step. Don't let the dirt and the spit keep you from opening your eyes to that next step God wants you to take. Remember, Jesus just had this encounter with this blind man. He put mud on his eyes, and then he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Here's what's crazy about that is the pool of Siloam was on the opposite side of the city. All the way across the city, there were a lot of other closer pools. You know what that tells me? That if this man wanted to, he could have taken a shortcut. He could have said, you know what? I think I know how to get rid of this mess. I'm going to get rid of this mess on my own power. But he didn't. He had the trust. He had the obedience to walk all the way across town with mud on his face. Right? I'm sure that he was bumping into people along the way, but he kept stepping. I'm sure he got some bumps and bruises along the path, but he kept stepping. I bet he fell down a time or two, but he pushed himself back up, and he kept stepping. And I'm sure as he's walking, people are looking at him, wondering, what's going on? What's up with the mud all over his eyes? And people were probably trying to help him out, like, hey, man, stop, stop. Listen, you don't understand, man. Somebody's playing a joke on you, bro. Like, listen, I don't know if you know this, but you got mud on your face, you big disgrace, all over the place. Right? Like, there are probably people seeing this like, let me fix that mess for you. Let me take care of this mess. And he's like, no, 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 wait. And I don't know if it happened this way, but I imagine that he's like, wait, stop, stop. See, this, this mess, it's part of the process. It's part of the process. So how did he move from a mess to progress? How did he move from where he was to where God wanted him to go? One blind, obedient step at a time. Man, how did he get out of that situation? How did he get past the mud? One step at a time. Some of us were here, we're going through this messy situation. So what do we do? How do we get past the messy, the crazy, these crazy situations that I'm facing? Take another step. Well, Pastor RJ, I just lost my job. Take another step. But you know what? I took a step last week and I came to Christ, but now it feels like my friends don't want to have anything to do with me. I feel like I'm losing them. It's hard. Take another step. My marriage feels like it's falling apart. I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. Uh, My money's not coming in like I thought it was. I I don't know where this is going to end up down the road. What should I do? Take another step. Take another step. See, God doesn't always give us the end result, but he will always give us the next step. He gives us the next step. See, we want to take the shortcut. We want to go to the closer pool and say, I think I can handle this myself. But Jesus is saying, no, listen, no, you can't just leap and get there. We want to jump and get there right away. But he's saying, Just take another step. Take a step. It's the power of process. Embrace the process of progress. Do we have faith enough to trust God with the process? Uh, You know, one of the biggest miracles of my life is simply the fact that I'm standing in front of you right now. It's a miracle because, honestly, I bet about 98% of you in the room, 98% of you watching online or wherever are more gifted at communication than I am. You're more gifted to do what I'm doing right now naturally than I am. In fact, if Pastor Herbert could have seen me when I was first starting out speaking, there is no way he would let me anywhere near this stage. You're like, "Uh uh-uh. You go serving kids. Like, it would be, there is no way he would let me up here. 
kids, workers, I love you. Man, you guys are awesome. But he would not let me up here because I was bad. The first time I ever spoke in public, it was for my brother at his wedding. I just had to give a toast and tell a story. And I get up there to talk about it, and my hands are shaking so bad, I couldn't read my paper. And like, it was, you know it's bad when people come up to you afterwards and say, man, were you nervous? Because I could tell. <laughs> like, man, just tell me good job. That's all I want to hear. Good job. And another guy put his arm around me. Hey, man, it wasn't that bad. I've seen worse. Like, wow. It was bad. But you know what I did? I took another step. A few years later, I ended up becoming an intern at a small youth ministry in Nebraska in the summertime. So it's not like it was this packed out, huge crowd. Like it was just a, a little group of students. And um, I, I'm about to be a senior in college. I got some experience under my belt. And the pastor says, you know what? I just want you to give announcements this week. And I say, announcements? I grew up in church. I'm a pastor's kid. I've seen announcements every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night for the, like the past 20 years of my life. I got this. Give me a challenge. So I get up there and think I'm just going to kill these announcements. Man, he's going to see how good I am. And I get up there, and I grab the microphone, and I go blank. Uh, mm. And, like, I was so embarrassed. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. Like, have you ever been so embarrassed that your entire body feels like it's on fire? Like, you just have heat everywhere, and your sweat is drenching your body, and you just can't control it. You can't help it. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. In fact, it was so bad, I went and I sat down, and one of the students that was sitting next to me looked at me and said, man, are you all right? It looks like you just stepped out of a shower. What's going on with you? I'm like, man, Lord, bless you and keep you. And, like, it was crazy. And afterwards, I remember feeling uh, down, and I remember talking to the pastor, and I said, you know what? Never again. I'm never getting on another stage the rest of my life. And he said, I'm not getting up there for announcements. I'm not doing anything that you want me to do. I'll watch you. I'll take notes even, but I will not get up there. I'm not cut out for this. This is not me. And he kind of laughed and he said, well, uh, get ready because you're going to do it again next week. I was like, no. You know what? I'm just going to have to go and pray about that. But no, no, I already know God is going to say no. But I took another step took another step and I had to work probably twice as hard as probably anybody in the room would have to work between that week and the following week but I showed up that next week with two pieces of paper front and back written out word for word the announcements and it was ugly it was bad but I got up there and I read those bad boys it was not pretty but you know what it was it was progress I got through it you know I continued to take another Step. There have been times in my life where I felt like I'm not good enough to do what I do. I felt times like I felt like a failure. I felt like giving up and, and quitting and uh, stopping doing what I'm doing. My first sermon was so bad, I listened to it one time and threw away the message. It was bad. I told a story for about 25 minutes that I thought was funny. I said, let's pray, and I challenged students to respond to God's word, and nobody responded. It was bad, but I took another step. My life is simply a testimony of the power of of progress. At times that I've just felt like a failure, but I've kept going. I've kept stepping. I've kept learning. I've kept growing. It's been a long and it's been a slow process, but along the way, there's been some progress. And now I can't even believe it. You know, I'm humbled to even think about it or talk about it because now somewhere, somehow, I end up being on a stage where some of the top communicators in the world speak from. 
See where, and listen, I'm nowhere near that level. So I don't want you to think like, oh, he thinks he's the man. No, I'm nowhere near that level. But from this very stage stand people like Pastor Herbert Cooper, Robert Madu, Priscilla Shire, who now is in a major motion picture. Like some of the best people in the entire world, the best communicators in the world, will stand here and deliver God's word. And somehow with me and my background, I get this opportunity? This doesn't just happen. Like how in the world... Does this work? It doesn't even seem right. But it's the process of progress. I've kept working. I've kept stepping. Listen, there have been times that that I felt like a failure, but I just took another step. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take another step. I may not be where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. That's the process of progress. Church, if you can embrace it, embrace the process, anything is possible. Number two, the second thing I want you to remember is you're going through a muddy mess, just add water. Just add water. Remember, Jesus put mud on the blind man's eyes, but then he sent him to the water. And I read this and I think, Lord, if the water is going to be what heals him, why the mud? Why do you put mud on his eyes? What's up with the mud? Are you playing a joke? Like, what's up with that? But Jesus has a deeper meaning. See, there's some symbolism involved here uh, because all throughout Scripture, dirt represents something. It represents our humanity. If you remember in Genesis, God created or took the dirt from the ground, breathed life into it, and created man from the dirt. It's no wonder life gets a little muddy and a little messy. Man, we're made from dirt. So God, uh, dirt represents our humanity, our weaknesses, our shame, our sin, our shortcoming, the parts of us that we try to shape and cover up and lift and put makeup on. And and God's like, no, 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 hey, stop. I created you. I know what you're made of. I've seen you without that makeup on. (laughs) And I know what it's like. So dirt represents our humanity. And water has a sim, uh, represents something as well. In Scripture, water represents God's spirit. It represents something divine, something supernatural. So God had this, has this uh, unique ability to take something common, to take, take something ordinary like our dirt, our shame, our sin, our mess, our failures, all of our mistakes, and add something that's uncommon and unordinary like his spirit. His power, his wisdom, his mercy, his forgiveness, and his grace. And he can get that involved in our dirt and in our situation. And when that happens, he begins to mix it up a little bit. And you know what happens when you mix water with dirt? You get a little mud. It gets a little messy. It gets a little crazy. I want to be very clear on what I mean by when I'm saying just add water. I'm saying get God involved in your dirt. Get God involved in the mess. Get God involved in the situation. Because what, what, what God does is he takes the worst parts of us. And he adds his spirit and makes a little bit of mud. But here's the thing you need to know. When Jesus changes something in our life, he always makes a mess. It always makes a mess because he's dealing with our dirt. And he's adding his water. And it's just going to make, make stir it up. And it's going to make a mud. And if we get so focused on the mud, if we get so focused on the mess, we're going to miss the message behind it. Then God is saying, no, no, no. Listen, it's not just a mess. It's not just a mess because now I'm involved. Now I'm in this situation. Now I can take your weakness, your shame, your sin, your failures. And I can pour in my grace, my mercy, my love, and my power. And man, don't get caught up on the mess. It's not just a mess. It's not just a mess. It's progress. It's progress. See, I'm beginning to realize what the world calls failure, God calls fertilizer. What the world calls a mess, God calls progress. He calls progress. So if you're here today, man, you're facing a messy situation. You say, my marriage feels like dirt, just add water. My job, my career feels like dirt, 
just add water. My relationships feel like dirt, just add water. My family feels like dirt, just add water. My heart feels like dirt, just add water and see what God's going to do in your situation. Man, it's not just a mess. It's progress. See, don't let the mess make you miss your miracle. Don't let the spit in the mud make you miss or keep you from opening your eyes and seeing what God wants you to do or the process that he's bringing you through. I had a student in our youth ministry. I love students. I love youth ministry. Every Wednesday night across our campuses, hundreds of young people come and gather. I mean, it's just incredible. I love it. And I had a student a few years ago who came to our youth ministry, and he was, had a background. He was into drugs, alcohol, involved in gang activity. But one Wednesday night, this young man came, and he lifted his hand to receive Christ, to add water to his dirt, to get God involved in his situation. And he kept coming back week after week after week. It was an unbelievable process. It was, I saw progress in his life week after week, and he would talk to me, and I created a, a relationship with him. And I remember talking to him, and he would say, RJ, I'm starting to talk a little different. I've only said a few cuss words today. Man, that's progress. Keep going. Don't stop there. Keep going. And, man, he would talk, come to me one week. He came to me. He's, like, excited. He said, RJ, RJ, listen, I'm starting to listen to all Christian music now. In fact, I'm almost listening to all Christian music, but I just can't give up a little bougie. I love Lil Bougie. I'm like, Bougie? <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, well, I said, man, keep going. That's progress. <sighs> it's progress. And one of the toughest things for him was he felt like he was losing some of his friends. It was hard for him. But slowly but surely, he spent less and less time with some of these friends. He realized his life was going a different direction. And around this time that he started spending less and less time with his friends, he lost two of his closest friends to a gang-related shooting. And a few months after that, we were on a missions trip together, and I remember sitting down talking to him when he just opened up and told me all these things that happened and poured out his heart. And he looked at me and he said, RJ, I should be dead. I shouldn't be standing here right now. He said, you know what? I know that if it wasn't for God, I would be dead. I would have been with those guys. He said, but if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. Now look at me. He said, I'm on a missions trip. And he said, I never would have thought God could ever use somebody like me. You know what he did? He got God involved in the dirt. Got God involved in the mess. It was messy. It was hard. It was tough situations at times. But man, when we get God involved in our dirt, when he makes a little mud, when he adds his spirit to our, our mess, he makes a little mud. And if we can learn anything from the story of the blind man, it's that there's a miracle in that mud. There's a miracle in that mess that you're going through. And Jesus shows us this through the craziest, craziest miracle of all called salvation. See, salvation is a unique miracle because Jesus says, bring me your mess. Bring me your sin. Bring me your shame. Bring it all to me because I just want to wipe it all away. This is why I love People's Church, because this is a church that's designed for messy people, for dirty people, for hurting people, where they can come and they can find cleansing and healing and hope and help and friendships that are going to get them to, to places that God wants them to go. But church, if you're here today, you're looking around and life just seems messy, it's crazy, it's out of control, you don't know what to do, 
just add water and take another step. Just add water and take another step. Because life can be all sorts of crazy, all sorts of messy, all sorts of muddy. It's going to happen. You know it's going to come. But I hope after today you can look at the mess and you can say, bring it on. Come at me. Let's see what you got. Because it's not just a mess. There's meeting behind the mess. It's not just mud. There's a miracle in this mud. And I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm not just a mess. You're not just a mess. You're a mess in progress.